11th play of this drive. Allen. Here comes Parsons. Runs away. Throws on the run. Has a man. Caught. Touchdown. It's Cook. Cook again. Why not? James Cook through everyone and he scores again. Cook. Cook and cook some more. Welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Jason Lockenfora with his thoughts on if the Dallas Cowboys just had a bad day against James Cook or if they fooled us into thinking they can contend with the best in the NFL. And that's where we will start our Sunday Week 15 recap. As the Bills absolutely dominated the Cowboys at home, 31-10. to The Bills cover the minus two. This game flies under the total of 49. And as we mentioned, James Cook absolutely had a day. 25 carries, 179 yards and a score. And then through the air, two catches, 42 yards, and another touchdown. And of course, when you're talking about such a dominant ground game, you can't help but think, okay, does this mean that the rushing attack was really, really good, and we need to put additional respect on the name of the Buffalo Bills, or did the Dallas Cowboys have a really bad day? Perhaps they are even fraudulent. Joe, where would you like to start? Well, here comes Easton Stick. Here comes Mr. Zappi. So the Bills are in a great spot. I'll start with the Bills. I won't I won't talk crap about the Cowboys uh in this spot. Look, <laughs> someone like, might. <laughs> everybody, I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. She she ended up being on that side, so we'll see. Uh look, the reaction today is gonna be, oh, the Bills are back. Bills are back, even though they're outside the playoff race. Yeah, you missed that boat. I mean, that that was going on weeks ago. That was your opportunity. If you're better, you miss that opportunity. They were 9-1 to one for the conference going into this game when they were the 11th seed. And you wake up today, and what are they to make the playoffs? Yeah, they're still outside, by the way. They're still the, they're now the 9, and they're going to lose like every tiebreaker. So they've got to jump ahead of a bunch of teams. They're the 9 seed, and they're minus 210 to make the playoffs. There's three games left. Like That's the belief in the Bills, that they are upper echelon, even though at the moment they're on the outside looking in. Um, Bills were back for me when they lost that game at Philadelphia, even though they lost just how impressive they were. And again, yesterday, they missed two more starters on defense. How'd that Cowboys offense do? 195 yards, completely derailing uh, Dak's hopes of an MVP. I mean, I guess there's still time for him to get back into that race, but it was all about James Cook. And I don't, I, I wonder, and you know, I, I think, that Cook doesn't have this opportunity if Dorsey is still the offensive coordinator. And maybe we should give a little bit of credit to McDermott because I wonder how much of that was on him. Like, look, this is working. We've got to stick with it. If Dorsey's the OC, Aaron, like, at some point he's going to be like, look, we got to get Allen passing, passing, passing. And that was part of the problem at times. It, it was just outright domination. And it, it was evident very early that the Cowboys had no chance. Yeah, this one's bittersweet for me because as Joe pointed out, I was on the Cowboys, but seeing the Cowboys <laughs> crumbled right as we head into the playoffs is just a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Perhaps the way to beat this Cowboys team is to run the ball in the Bills found the blueprint, which, oh, by the way, if you look at the Cowboys upcoming schedule, they will face some really good teams that have some nice rushing attacks and whoever they play in the playoffs will most likely have that, too. So they better fix their run defense and fix it quickly. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So many teams have just seemed vulnerable and, and no one's really seemed that dominant this season. No, Whenever I think a team is clicking at the right time, they lose. And, and it's just like, who's up next? It's It's been such a fascinating season. 
Well, I think the one team that that hasn't really might be the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they had a fantastic performance last night. Certainly, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But I always get that whenever you have some team going up against the Dallas Cowboys, whatever the Cowboys do, that's going to be the headliner. That's what we are putting in the spotlight. And you're absolutely right, Aaron, that yes, this run defense is a cause for concern. The thing is, though, they've been dominating so many opponents that we never really thought about that. And they were going up against offenses when they're trailing, really couldn't run the ball with any kind of regularity. They really weren't allowed to because of game script. And so because the Bills got out to a lead, I think what this tells us is that the Cowboys, and it's been this way for a few years now, the Cowboys cannot play from behind. They're just not designed that way because the run defense has always been suspect. You're right, Aaron. They are going up against a couple of great rush offenses coming up against the Dolphins, against the Lions. This is going to matter a great deal. Now, that game against Detroit, it is going to be indoors in North Texas. So that is a significant advantage for the Cowboys. But that game against Miami really does loom large because those outside runs, as long as those running backs are healthy, it can be spectacular. So there are plenty of reasons for concern when it comes to the Cowboys. But at the same time, though, we're talking about the MVP race. I get that Dak Prescott, you know, just did not have a good day at the office. But losing Zach Martin was significant. And especially in those conditions when it was raining and you're having to play from behind, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to say that Prescott is out of this MVP race just yet. I get that every time the Cowboys lose, we overreact, we go nuts about it. But I think we need to take this loss with a grain of salt here. Yeah, I don't think this is about the Cowboys at all. I I thought yesterday's result is about the bills and maybe I'm misreading mm-hmm. it, but I, I don't view that at all. And you know, Dak's performance, he deserved to fall back. I don't know that Lamar should have shorter odds than him, but I mean, he's neck and neck with Purdy. Purdy won in convincing fashion. Purdy was near perfect. So he should be uh, the, the lone favorite and Dak deserved to drop back. It was awful. It's a bad bills defense. They're missing half their starters mm-hmm. from the start of the season. So, I, yeah, I felt the lead was totally about the Bills. The, the Bills are t- easily top five for me. I think you can make the case they're a top three NFL team. And I don't know if they're going to be in the playoffs. Like The way they're mm-hmm. playing right now, they can score with anyone. Some of the, the high-level talent that they have, and if they need to run it, they showed you yesterday, they can run it all day. Now, I'm, I'm not making a, an excuse in any way, and it, I still think the Bills win this game um, if the Cowboys are healthy, but this flu that's going around is not good. <laughs> and so, right. like, according, according to some of the reports, like, it impacted 10 different players. Is that right? So, I mean, that's something that, mm-hmm. that we do need to consider in the back of our minds, and I know, I know a lot of teams are dealing with that. But, yeah, I mean, that was – coming off a a big game with Dallas and then going to Buffalo. Look, I mean, every, all four of their losses are on the road. They also seem to be a bit of a different team when they're at home versus on the road. And that's why winning that division is so huge for them. Can I also ask you too, real quickly, Joe, that when it comes to the MVP race, like all the love for the bills is fine, but now I'm seeing Josh Allen on BetMGM at 10 to one to win MVP. Four shortest odds. Can we agree that's dumb? Yes. Yeah, that's stupid. I thought it was dumb. Okay. Uh, well, he was fifth last week. He's still fifth at most spots. Yeah, 10. Some have 16, uh, especially after yesterday. They didn't win because of Josh Allen, and that's okay. He didn't go off like he did, like, say, earlier in the year, like the Miami Dolphins game when he was going insane. Um, it's just the Bills are on fire. They're the talk of the NFL, and so that number's getting shorter and shorter. Last week it was 18, and I felt that was too that was too short. I liked your point about Dak falling, and it makes sense because all four of your losses for the Cowboys being on the road, if you're going to be the MVP, I don't know if you can have that, right? I mean, I think that looks mm-hmm. like a wart like on your resume if you can't <laughs> win on the road, and now they're going to Miami. I think the last game, or they do have kind of a mixed schedule where they will be back at home. Yeah, Detroit. They host Detroit and then at Washington. I mean, gosh, 
can't lose that <sighs> one. But uh, it'll be interesting hmm. to see how they bounce back, what they're able to do against the Dolphins on the road. Some bad end. defenses. Those are bad defenses they're going to be facing in those last two weeks. Right. So mm-hmm. if he's in the race, it's going to be there for him. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what a week 18 holds. They might have their spots set. I don't think they will, but they might. And uh, <laughs> that Washington secondary showed you again what they're all about. Yeah, oh, we saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, us Rams minus six and a half backers. We saw that coming. We Plus knew Stafford. what we were in for. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Though I suspect that game will be coming up again in a different segment, perhaps a little later on in the festivities. I'm just saying. Uh, but as we get back to this MVP race conversation, of course, you know, Dak Prescott, deservedly so, uh, should have his odds, uh, you know, get longer. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the 49ers, massive win over the Cardinals, just in terms of overall domination, winning that one 45 to 29. Uh, they cover the minus 13 and a half. The game goes over the 48 and a half. But now Brock Purdy is minus 200 on BetMGM to win MVP. And of course, Also in this conversation, and a lot of pundits came out and said this, Christian McCaffrey really is the MVP of this offense, and you can get him at 20 to 1. But at the same time, though, do you really want to give the MVP to a running back? I know so many people want to bandy about this idea that he deserves it. He's the real engine that gets this 49ers offense going, but he is still a running back, and he is still limited in terms of what he can do. So despite the fans chanting, MVP when CMC was walking off the field, despite the fact that even Brock Purdy said Christian McCaffrey should be MVP. Joe, what are we to make of these odds right now? The the pundits are morons, so I, I don't give a damn what they're saying. What, what's happening right now is ridiculous. If it was any other player, same performance, same stats, he, he'd be even higher probably for MVP, right? I mean, there's this gap between him and everybody else. And now they're, well, um, you know what? Let's look at another position. Why? Why are you looking at another position player? Would you be looking at Christian McCaffrey if Purdy had this, if it's another quarterback, same stats, same results in these games? No, you wouldn't. People are wrong about Purdy and they don't want to give in still. It's crazy to me. It's just, I don't know, man. Um, Minus 200. (laughs) That's fine. He was close to even money last week, and he had a flawless performance. And I know it was a soft matchup, but it is what it is. Um, It's going to be the one seed in the NFC. I mean, that's where I'm at. The team that is the one seed in the NFC, their quarterback is going to be the MVP. That. That's just where I'm at. And, you know, I'm thinking it's not going to be the Eagles. So the Hurts conversation, that's different. We'll talk about tonight, even if he, if he plays. We don't know the case. Um, but, yeah, like, like people just don't want to give it to Purdy so bad that now they're, like, going to all sorts of lengths to try to make it a Lamar argument. Like, what are you talking about? I, I don't even understand. <laughs> how they're even on the same tier right now, but that's where they are in the odds because he's getting talked up so much. And, you know, they have a great team record. Okay, fine. Uh, Yeah, Lamar's your second favorite now, and Dak's a third favorite. Hmm. Is it all just because of the Mr. Irrelevant thing? Or maybe these uh, Lamar backers have MVP bets on them and on him, and they just don't want to lose their bet. (laughs) But I thought it was impressive also, all the injuries and the inactives that the Niners had at – at the beginning of that game, I was like, whoa, the Cardinals are kind of hanging with the Niners. What's going on here? But then they overcame it and they totally pulled away. And I thought it was very impressive how they were able to, you know, overcome, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Purdy, Bosa, all getting banged up and then able to, you know, finish out the game and, you know, crush the Cardinals in the end. Well, to answer your question, Aaron, about why this is happening, why people are still discounting Brock Purdy even to this very day, despite another fantastic outing, go to NextGen Stats. Brock Purdy completed 10 of 12 passes for 165 yards and three touchdowns when targeting open receivers, which means they had three-plus yards of separation from the nearest defender. Purdy became the first quarterback to throw multiple touchdowns to receivers with 10-plus yards of target separation since week 18 of 2021 when Dak Prescott did that. 
This is more about play design and offensive scheme than it is about the abilities of Proc Purdy. Now, I still think Purdy should win MVP, and I think at minus 200, it's just fine. But I do believe if you're looking at degree of difficulty, who's doing something against stiff competition, well, it sure as heck seems like that of all the guys for the 49ers who are not necessarily basking in the glow of Kyle Shanahan, maybe it is Christian McCaffrey. And I think that's where the argument comes from. But to me, Joe, it's Balderdash. Yeah, then why didn't Jimmy G win an MVP? Like It's all coaching. Mm -hmm. It's all coaching. Then give him the coach of the year. Oh, but he's not even in that conversation either. Just makes no sense. It really bothers me at this point. Like, just people can't admit that they were wrong on anything, and they're gonna hold on to it and hold on to it and try to prove that they're the smartest guy in the room. You're, you aren't. Give the man some credit. Crazy. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will recap Sunday night football and ramifications of the Ravens' big win over the Jaguars and much more Week 15 reaction right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Lamar, Lamar Jackson, our game ball every single game. You know, he wouldn't take him. You know, he's, he wouldn't you know, have anywhere to put him in his house. You know, that's the way he plays. You know, it's, I, I think I've said it before. I believe he's the best quarterback in the National Football League. I've said it many times before, and he continues to prove it. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we will have BetQL Court, the holiday edition, which may be nothing different than the regular BetQL Court that we do. But let's talk a little bit about context, because uh, John Harbaugh, Ravens head coach, uh, certainly gave that to us in terms of talking about how great Lamar Jackson is. But when we're discussing context, Joe is absolutely right. The pundits are nincompoops if they are saying that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. And context matters when having this conversation. The last time a running back won MVP was Adrian Peterson back in 2012. And I looked up the numbers. He averaged 5.83 yards per carry and had an EPA per carry of 0.05, which is outstanding for a running back. I think we forget that 11 years ago, that Vikings ground and pound attack was phenomenal. It was better than anything that we see right now. And these numbers are way better than what Christian McCaffrey has been able to do on the ground. For him, 5.3 yards per carry, so that's less. EPA per carry is negative 0.01, so that's less. Thing, though, with Christian McCaffrey is certainly a better receiver, 57 catches for 509 yards. So in some ways, I suppose in some way you can compare the two running backs. But again, context. Peterson did not have to go up against dominant quarterback play like Christian McCaffrey has to. The top three passers in the NFL back in 2012 did not have winning records. Drew Brees was 7-9. Matt Stafford was 4-12. Tony Romo was 8-8. So Peterson also had the benefit of a lack of winning quarterback play. Christian McCaffrey does not have that benefit, which includes Lamar Jackson and that outstanding performance he had last night, Joe. So again, when we're talking about the MVP race, there is a reason why Lamar Jackson has the second shortest odds at five to one. Yeah. And and what I would throw in there about Adrian Peterson, just if you compare it to the San Francisco situation, Christian Ponder. Okay. Christian Ponder was the Vikings quarterback Mm -hmm. that year. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he wasn't stealing any votes away uh, from the running back in that specific spot. Just Samantha. Uh, yeah, I mean, Harbaugh can say what he wants about Lamar and I get it. Um, people tear him up when he has those duds. So we'll, we'll see how how that ends up going. I mean, maybe there does seem to be a Lamar push all of a sudden because people don't want to vote for Purdy, but I thought that was about Jacksonville. That was one of those situations where, oh man, it feels like they are falling apart. Now three straight losses and just how ugly that was. Doesn't it just not only the results of the game and how they go with the penalties and the drops and all that, but man, it feels like they're falling apart and some of it is out of their control with injuries. And then we find out after the game last night that Trevor Lawrence is put into concussion protocol and most of the year until recently, but most of the year, a a lot of these players, once they go into protocol, that means you're going to be sitting for a week. It was the case for Shroud. Uh, Recently, there have been times where that was not the case for other players. So we'll see how this is handled. But, uh, Aaron, this is looking really dicey for Jacksonville, and it is now a three-way tie in that garbage AFC South division. Yeah, will we see C.J. Beathard in for Lawrence now that he's in concussion protocol? I don't know how quickly he can get out of it uh, since this happened like last night. So that'll be something to watch. But you you mentioned it. It's like the blown coverages, the drops, the penalties, mental mistakes all over the place. It is unraveling for the Jags. And mm-hmm. hand up about a month or so ago, I thought maybe they would be clicking at the right time. And I've been wanting this to happen. But Paul gave us a good comp like are the Jags the chargers because this is a team that now i don't want to back at all like i almost think i'm done with the thinking this is the jags time or they can turn this around like it, it's from a betting perspective i've just been burned and i think i'm out on them or is it the time to bet them 
This is the shortest odds all year oh, on them. I'm petty. I don't know if I can get on board with this. They, they, end, they end the season with Carolina and Tennessee. Uh, yeah, the Christian Kirk uh, injury has hurt them too. And they're going to be oh, yeah. that's going to yeah. be there for the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, I, man, it, the injury stuff, it was on the Baltimore side too last night. Not only we know about Andrews and, you know, likely did a nice job stepping in again. Um, is that sustainable for the rest of the year? Maybe, but then Keaton Mitchell leaves. But I oh, never know which God. Ravens oh. running back is going to be uh, playing much anyways. But, yeah, I mean, it's but, yeah, the injuries are really piling up everywhere. And it does put a lot more pressure on Lamar to be the leading rusher game to game without Keaton Mitchell now. I mean, Lamar can carry this team, but it I think it's a big blow mm-hmm. losing Keaton Mitchell. <laughs> It, it can be. Uh, it certainly can be just because he's such a speedy back. He's young and you expect that he'll be able to get a few additional totes depending upon, you know, how how Gus Edwards is doing down the stretch. And at some point that workload gets to be so much that you kind of rely on the younger guys once you kind of get to that week 17, week 18 game, even in the playoffs, things like that. So definitely I think it's a hit. But the offensive line for the Ravens. That's what concerns me more than anything else. The mixing and matching, the injuries, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. It's one of those deals where on the broadcast, they were talking about how wonderful it was Lamar Jackson had all this time to throw. We saw the clock in the lower part of the screen in terms of him having eight seconds and nine seconds to throw and all of that stuff. I think that's cool. And a lot of that is Lamar Jackson. And that's why you know he has the second shortest MVP odds and that's fine. But when you're looking at this offensive line though, I got to think there are some real issues there. And I am not sure it's something that I can really trust at this point. And besides, when you're looking at Jackson's numbers in terms of time to throw beyond two and a half seconds, nine of 16, 131 yards, touchdown, interception, pass rating of 77.9. That's not great. It's not terrible, I suppose, but it's not nearly as great as, say, the broadcast was talking about, which was just kind of getting on my nerves. But yeah. it's the rushing <laughs> attack. It's 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 what was happening down there on the field. I mean, that was, you know, really what uh, made Lamar Jackson stand out there. And not having Keaton Mitchell probably the rest of the year, I mean, that's that's just awful. You know, hate that for him at a very minimum. But it is something where I want this passing attack to look more formidable. I want the protection to be uh, a good bit more consistent for Jackson for me to feel comfortable that even with this one seed, Baltimore can make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm just not there yet. I, yeah. I think they can still do it. But there are other contenders in the AFC where if they do win the conference, I go, all right, that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised by it, in other words. Yeah. They, I mean, they just, they, they are rushing by 175 yards last night, 175. Mm-hmm. So, okay. The, the other side of the ball for the Ravens, that's been questioned lately, especially after last week when the expectation was coming off the bye that they were going to dominate the Rams. And then they come in there and force overtime in a high scoring affair. And then you could look to last night and say, well, yeah, the numbers look good. They only gave up seven points, but it was all those mistakes by the Jaguars. You could, you could look at it that way if you want. We're going to learn a lot. If you're not sure about the Ravens' defense, if you have questions, next two games, Niners-Dolphins, all right? That's about as tough as it gets. I assume that Tyreek's mm-hmm. going to be healthy in a couple weeks. Even if he doesn't play next week, you would think a couple weeks from now that he should be good for that game. And, uh, I mean, we got going to San Francisco across the country next week on, on Christmas night. And then uh, the Miami game, and that will be a short week game. So, if if – I think your questions, if there are any about the Ravens' defense, are certainly going to be answered. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that Christmas game. That is going to be awesome. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Do they have, like, the toughest remaining schedule, the Ravens, or one of them? Because it doesn't seem easy for them. We're going to learn a lot. (laughs) Too tough, one easy, I guess. Pittsburgh last week. I don't Mm -hmm. know. If they're playing for anything, I have Who no idea. They? Yeah, we'll exactly. see. Mason yeah, Rudolph under right. center. Don't know. Whatever. <clears throat> Steelers. <laughs> Trash. Steelers stuff. Steelers stuff. Jeez. Give me, give me a losing yeah, no season for them, that. please. I want the losing mm-hmm. season so I can stop hearing about it. We know they're a garbage team. Get out of here. Oh, that was embarrassing. I'm Gardner Minshew, baby. Nice. Yeah. I know. Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know, it's possible that Gardner Minshew could win this division. Like, that's nuts yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's, it's, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, I don't know what his health is, but, you know, even with the, the concussion and going into protocol, like, you watched the end of that game last night, like, he was shaking his arm out, and he seemed really inaccurate on throws, like, beyond five yards. Like, it was a real concerning thing when I was watching him going, he just doesn't look right. And it just went above and beyond just, okay, these are inaccurate throws. Like just something about the makeup looked way off. And so I find it hard to believe that he can kind of get through this uh, in one fell swoop. And plus at some point, like there are other injuries that Lawrence is dealing with. At some point he does need the rest, right? Just a chance to recoup if nothing else. And yet when I'm looking uh, on BetMGM in terms of who's going to win the division, Jaguars still have the shortest odds at minus 135. Colts at plus 275, Texans at three to one. And I'm sure the reason why Houston has the longest odds is because of the questions surrounding CJ Stroud. When is he coming back? Now, turns out it didn't matter yesterday because the Texans came back to beat the Titans 19 to 16 in overtime. But at the same time, though, if you're looking at, say, all three quarterbacks in that division, well, mm -hmm. Minshew is the healthiest one, right? And if you're going by mm -hmm. that alone, then you've made the argument to bet on the Colts, but aren't you holding your nose when you do that? Yeah, I think um, a lot of, some spots have it flipped. So it's Jaguars okay. the favorite no matter what, or, and the, or the numbers are really close elsewhere. Um, yeah, division record, I Indy has a slight edge there because they're three and two, but also, I mean, Houston also has two losses there. So Jaguars are favored because they're four and one in the division. And, and because, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're the team that's viewed as just better overall. But I mean, yeah, it's going to, we'll pro I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow on, on futures day, as far as how <laughs> that, that's going to go down because man, um, kind of what we all expected. I would think, I mean, as Jacksonville's falling apart here at the very end of the season, it's, uh, that's going to be an interesting one. And, you know, yesterday, Houston, that was a surprising decision, I think, to most. Because there was just this assumption mm -hmm. it's going to be Davis Mills. And then they end up going with Case Keenum. He wasn't great. They didn't get into the end zone until near the very end. But they did enough to force overtime and pull out the victory there. Um, wow. I mean, the Titans. What we saw on Monday. Yeah. It's just classic rookie quarterback great performance and then followed by a complete dud willie anderson's not even on the field there uh so man i sh i probably should have known but that was a good spot if you were willing to uh go with houston it felt like everybody was on tennessee even though we should know jeez will levis favored by a field goal or even more at home like hold up something's wrong here but uh that was a big win by the texans missing all of their best players literally it's mm -hmm. not hyperbole they're missing all their best players I just said Will Anderson, uh, C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, uh, Nico Collins was out of that game, and, and they still end up winning the game in the road. Credit to D'Amico Ryans, too. I, I was surprised. With all the injuries, no Stroud, I was definitely thinking that they were not <laughs> – I was on the Titans. <laughs> so I, I think credit to them that they were able, able to pull this off. I don't know if they can continue another week without Stroud. Can they keep this up? How long would that continue? It's a good question. I don't know. But one thing I do know, though, in terms of how the Texans knocked off the Titans, DeAndre Hopkins, nine targets, two catches, 21 mm. yards. Yeah. If we were throwing people in jail in the here and now, it would certainly be anybody and everybody involving the Titans for that to happen. Uh, D-Hop just 1.3 yards of average separation, so that was just awful. Titans tried to throw a lot of man coverage at the Texans because they felt like, okay, well, you don't have Tank Dell, you don't have Nico Collins, et cetera, et cetera. It's okay. We're just going to get you on the front end. Well, that didn't work. It just didn't work. Like, the Texans have a really deep receiving core. And Noah Brown, you know, eight receptions and 11 targets for 82 yards and a touchdown. Like, I get more and more impressed by the day when it comes to Houston. And so, in terms of who I think can win this division, I think the Texans have just as good an argument as anybody. Yep, they do. It's completely up for grabs. Mm -hmm. um, also in the AFC picture, Cleveland wins. They're minus 750 to make the playoffs. That's amazing. Obscene. Um, 
Go yeah. Joe Flacco. Yeah, whatever. He has three picks. <laughs> I wasn't impressed. He should have had two pick sixes in that game. They, the Bears almost mm-hmm. had the second one. They got down to the five. Um, yeah, that that might that might come into reality in the in the final stretch of the season. I'm not really buying that one. Bears should have won that game. A lot of bad mistakes by them. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not feeling great about Cleveland. For sure. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's BetQL Court right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Jackie and David. <laughs> Make a bad bet. You can't handle the truth. Take a bad beat. I, I plead the fifth. Or just something you want to get off your chest. Sir, you're out of order. I don't I show you out of order. BetQL Court is now in session on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Oye, oye, BetQL Court is now in session. The Honorable Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth presiding. And, you know, we're one week away from Christmas, so it is the holiday season, a season of giving mm. and being good to your neighbor, your fellow man, all that stuff. But we're still doing BetQL Court regardless. So who are we throwing in the slammer, Joe? Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's one week away. I keep thinking that it's earlier in the month, but no, we, yeah, we're one week away. All right. Um, I got a couple on my mind. Got uh, some big red floppy shoes for Kevin O'Connell. Dude, mm. what the hell are you doing? Sorry, Aaron. I got to do it. It was so bad on Saturday. Not even bet on the Vikings. I know a lot of people were. I didn't even care. Um, yeah, not only do they completely give that game away, and I get it. Uh, oh, you got to do your own version of the tush push. How come the Eagles are the only team doing it? Well, Kevin O'Connell didn't consider the fact that his offensive line stinks and the Eagles have an elite offensive line. And when you have the tush push guy in there, maybe they should have some strength to them. But no, <laughs> in a key moment in the game, Kevin O'Connell has the tush push guy. 5'8", 181-pound Brandon Powell. And we know how that one went. If you Google celebrities that weigh 180 pounds, the first thing you see is Axl Rose. That's basically what Kevin O'Connell decided to do in one of the biggest <laughs> moments of the game. Dude, what are you doing? Kevin O'Connell, you're going to jail. And you know what? I'm going to jail. I know better. Sometimes we talk about these games so much that we don't even, you know, what we know, we don't go back to. The common sense that we've known, betting on NFL for decades and decades, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how many times did I say, even, even in our power rankings, I, did I make them number one? No, I made the Chargers number one. But they were up there. I said, this is a fade team the final month. And even though I made the Giants one of the biggest fade teams, I made a case because of the number against New Orleans because I hate the Saints so much. That was stupid, dumb, dumb call by me. You know, I should have known. And, and I said it. Here's another situation. I literally said it. And I didn't bet on this game, but I threw it in a contest because I had to get a fifth pick. Like, are there Smith laying points in a divisional matchup? That's dumb. <laughs> he should have covered, but he's got an idiot for a quarterback in Ritter with that pick that he threw. Like, very frustrating day as far as that goes. Will Levis. I said, how is Will Levis laying a field goal? I don't care what's on the other side. How is this happening? I didn't bet the game. I was off the game. But right then and there, while I'm saying that, I should be like, you know what? Take the Texans, even though they're missing all these guys. Will Levis up and down rookie season? He should not be favored by more than a field goal. Derrick Henry looks done. What do you have, 16 carries for nine yards yesterday? So I'm throwing myself in jail. I'll be sharing a cell with Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> Do you get floppy shoes too? I'd like to see that. Uh, no, no, I'm just going to laugh. Because you didn't Who's... fail a tush push with a 180 pound dude leading the way. Is that, that is clown what behavior. Is <laughs> it is. I agree. Really. Who's trading the cigarettes in that uh, jail cell? Who's uh, who's a making the, the commerce and all that? I'd be smoking. I'd be smoking for real. Does anybody smoke okay. on this show? Anybody when they're drinking or lately? No. Lately. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been years. Life. I've been smoking a little bad. bit lately. Just a little bit. You have not. <laughs> not, not on a regular basis. You're walking basis. Tucker. That's a good idea. And no. I've been, I've been thinking about start. it. I saw some people vaping yesterday. I'm like, I kind of want to try that. 
You <laughs> cannot happened? get in on vaping, Joe. No, you can't. <laughs> ten years too late. You're like ten okay. years late. The what shops are, are everywhere. They're and they can blow up in Joe, your face. Joe, if you're going to pick up smoking, it has to be cigarettes. I'm sorry. Like, it, you have to. I did. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. That's dead wrong. No. If Joe starts smoking cigars, I think that works. That's fine. No, that's cliche. Why does it have to be specifically Everyone's, cigarettes? Every 50-year-old guy does cigars. Be different. Ooh. Do, like, some Ooh. unfiltered Paul Malls or something where you're just, like, smoking out Four a room balls. choking yeah. on gas you know i need fumes. joe to just be ripping darts i need it i, I had it's, a cigar it's what you gotta do in, uh, in mexico i had a cigar but yeah it was a long time the most that. cliche thing ever like everyone does yeah, that fine. like that's cool fine. that's great but yeah that's not that's not a brand you oh, know? oh 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 i don't want to do it because it's cliche no I'm Paul no, Aspen. but if I you're you're not cool. you're not a cigar a week guy, like let's no, I'm not. J Rod sent me yeah, a you can pick up a J Rod sent me a cigar. It's been sitting there forever. Like I feel bad. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't smoked it yet. They're really good though. I finally did that. You had he it. Sent me one too. Oh. So yeah, you had I did. it sitting there forever J-Rod too. J Rod hasn't sent me a cigar. He don't well, like you. I talked to him about it. <laughs> well, apparently not. We well, I'd rather get some rum. No, if he sends me some rum, I'd rather have that than a cigar. That's did funny. i but my i won't vape because it's kind of like my ecstasy story like i read something about it once i was like ah maybe not for me like because you could, mean it's like all right ecstasy stay hydrated but then i read an article i'm in like high school or like 13 it's like someone tried to stay hydrated too much and they drowned themselves so i was like okay well you, you gotta what? split the middle it's that's a little you can't go one way or the other it's like you can't even just drink water the whole time and be okay so i was like all right out on ecstasy so I read an article when vaping started to become a thing, and it was like someone, or it was probably a headline, probably on Twitter, might not have even been real, but it was like someone was vaping and it blew up in their face. And I was like, well, there's a non-zero chance well, I'm of that. Out. So I am I'm out, out on vaping. I'm out on that. All right. It was a, it was a good run. <laughs> yeah, right. But never started. Yeah, exactly. Marble lights? No. Eh, maybe run it back. But, you know, it's been <laughs> yeah. a minute. Yeah. Ah, it's been years. Was that it's your... Did, were you ever, was it a regular thing or just once in a great while? I mean, the last time I bought, like, it was never buy a pack regular thing. It was sporadically, oh, okay. but like, yes, the smoking drinking thing, college. Imagine, like, sort of thing. you're so imagine. addicted to cigarettes, like, during the breaks, you have to, like, go outside. <laughs> yes, that's a real I thing at radio like... stations. That, oh, know, I, man. Gotta go hit the gotta elevator. Get those pipes. And go... Yeah. 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 Right. You got to sound grovelly or else it doesn't count. All right. I have a story to tell about my Friday night. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Why do you have a story to tell? I, I matched with this guy on a dating app like five years ago. So we've been following each other on Instagram. I know a couple people that follow this guy and like have liked his pictures, but I never really like asked around about him because I had never gone to meet him. So he hits me up and is like, hey, drinks this week. And I was like, sure. So he hits me up Thursday like, you want to meet up tonight? And I'm like, no, it's like, I have a daughter. I got to get a babysitter. Like, it was a little last minute. So that was the Raiders. first red flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got Thursday night football. So then I was like, I could probably do tomorrow. And so anyways, I end up finding a babysitter. So we plan for Friday night. We're going to meet at 7. And he picks this bar. And then I start freaking out. Like, I'm looking at his Instagram. He hasn't posted since like 2020, 2021, like on his feed. Um, and I'm starting to freak out. Like, what if this guy isn't real? So the the anxiety starts ratcheting up. So I I text him like, hey, uh, maybe we should FaceTime LOL, like crying face emoji, like I'm getting a little nervous. Yeah. So this is this is a guy. Um that like I said, we've talked, we've DM'd, but I've never met him in person. So he writes back saying, what's so scary? And I'm like, okay, now you're creeping me out even more. So I like, now I'm driving to meet the guy and I'm sitting in a bunch of traffic. So I'm like, I am just going to FaceTime this guy. He doesn't answer another 30 minutes go by and he doesn't even call back. So at this point I'm like, Calling, I start texting and calling a guy off the bench who I had also thought about going on a date with. 
off the bench. <laughs> oh man, I got questions. Got the call to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. So now I got plans to meet this other guy. Meanwhile, guy number one is like, hey, the bar we are going to meet at, meet up at is closed for a private event, but I'm also getting the feeling that you're not on the way anyway. And I was like, yeah, since you didn't answer the phone and you didn't call back, I started feeling uncomfortable, so I'm not coming. And he's like, okay, well, maybe I can FaceTime you tomorrow and we can make plans for another time. I was like, cool, thinking I'm never going to talk to this guy again. Then, like, an hour later, I'm on a date with the guy number two, and I get a text mm. from Creepy Guy saying, "Can I just have one question for you. And I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> Let's go. He writes, so I was like, okay. And he writes back, what are your locks for this weekend? And I'm like, oh, my God, he's for sure, like, a stalker, right? Like, what? I had a lot. When you, when you said, the text says, what are your 80 things popped in my head right then. Oh, like, no. I had no idea what that was going to end with. My bets right. were for the weekend? Like, I don't know. And so I didn't respond to that. And then he wrote me I back the that. next day saying, tough crowd. I'm like, ew. Does he I never What a loser. Tough crowd the wow. next day? He goes, yeah, that's like, desperate. He comes back and he's mm -hmm. a tough crowd. Like he desperate redeem awesome. himself. Like I just, I, if you really were a good guy, I think you should have called him. And be like Aaron, you're being ridiculous. It's like I'll see you at seven. Is this, this isn't a big deal. Yeah, you know? normal people. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say he Facetimed you when he was uh, when you were on the second date. I was thinking I that too. Were, he finally. I thought you were gonna say yeah. he saw you on the second date. Or, <laughs> oh, that I was actually he, scared. He's in the corner. He, he had a menu above his face. He was wearing a mustache. Yeah, right. Share your location. Just actually, over, like, I, Wilson from when I got the text, when he said, I have a question for you, I did look around like, oh my gosh, is he here? Yeah, that's like, an insane right? way oh to start God. that sentence. That's an insane way to start that conversation. Just ask the question. Like, yeah, right. just stop I have a question for you. Where'd you get yeah, that right. jacket? <laughs> What? Yeah, like <laughs> I got kind of nervous. Like, what is going on? That guy looks so, like anyways, a loser. the other guy is like I talked about him before. Remember when I went on the date and the guy said he was like moving to Peru, and yeah. I was like, oh yeah. man. So he oh, got yeah, promoted yeah. and he didn't. He's not moving. So I was like, now's oh, the time. time to try to get things started with this guy. It's a sign. It's a sign. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's got awesome. the call up. Promotion. Got, got hey, not even the call. Got called <laughs> off IR. Yeah, yeah, and right. On a heater. All is right with the world. Game on. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Jason locking for with his regular Monday appearance to recap week 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 fifteen. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.